Okay. All right, what is up, psych athletes? It's Mitchell. Uh, today we got a really special one for you. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of an introduction. So Ryan is gonna go ahead and uh, introduce himself today, and uh, we also got Parker here. So we're gonna chime in and uh, and tease him a little bit while he tells about his uh, backstory a little bit here. So awesome. Let's dive right into it, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the first question probably like not to just like take over, but like what is it that you experienced growing up like what sports did you play growing up what kind of led into baseball gotcha so my story is super relatable and I feel like a lot of a lot of you guys at home probably went through the exact same things that I did and basically it started like any kid you know playing sports I saw it on tv started started watching baseball on tv my parents were like oh this seems like a cool sport I'm like yeah and so I started like swinging a tv remote around next thing I know I'm playing t-ball and in T-ball, like, you know, it's fucking T-ball. So it wasn't really cool. But as I got older, I started getting better and better. And I was, like, naturally talented, like any any athlete playing a sport at a young age probably yeah, I is. Like, I feel like if you get to the high school level. Yeah, then you were probably talented as a kid. You were very kid. talented as a kid. Yeah, yeah, it came naturally to you, whether it be baseball, football, soccer, anything. I also played soccer when I was younger, too. So sports was... Like, a lot of athletes today, a big part of my life, and I was, like, really big on sports. Eat, sleep, breathe, baseball. That's what it was for me. I loved baseball. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but, yeah, I was, like, I was that talented kid. I was, like, I was always starting. I was always playing. Like, I'd never had any problems with playing time when I was younger. Like, a lot of kids would ride the bench and mm -hmm. be super pouty about it. I never gave a single thought to that because I was always playing, and I never really kind of understood the concept of sitting the bench. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that concept yeah. growing up until they have to do it. And yeah. that's like, that's one of, that's a big, big, big block right there. It's a big shift. Uh -huh. It's like a, it's such a different paradigm shift where it's like, you're playing, you're one of the best players mm -hmm. growing up. And then it's like all of a sudden, whether it's you're, you're physically not as gifted anymore, mm -hmm. whether it's sometimes you just stop practicing mm -hmm. like what you need to do. And then it's like, instead of playing, you're riding the bench and it's like, it's like you're in like a hole. Yeah, like there's definitely. something, it's like you have to get out of it, but mm -hmm. most people don't know how. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, I moved around a lot and it's, my story is unique in this respect because I moved about like nine different times and I played for a bunch of different yeah. teams like pony ball. I played travel ball for a bunch of different teams. I came to the Bay Area and that's when I started really, 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 you know, baseball, baseball, baseball. Uh -huh. And I played for this travel ball team, super competitive. All I wanted to do was win. Didn't think about anything else. I would always start. I'd play well. I was, I was a good player, right? I was, my coach would always start me. Like they would trust me. And <clears throat> I moved to another school within the Bay Area, played there had the same, you know, success, like, because it's, it's, when you're younger and you don't rely on that, you know, physical, physical, like, prowess, essentially, and you're just naturally gifted at the game, then you're going to succeed, you know? Yeah. And if you don't have any mental blocks until then, you don't have any psychological, like, you know, some sports trauma from when you were younger, which not a lot of people, I feel like, do from when they're younger if they make it that far, but <clears throat> yeah. then at, at that point, I... I moved from Northern California to Southern California, and that's when I met you. Freshman yeah. year, I was coming in, and, and I, had no, I had no worries about baseball because that's not what I, something I struggled with all my life. You know, I came down to my new high school, met Parker. Um, hadn't met Mitchell yet. That's soon to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but basically when I got down there, 
my, I, I tried out, I remember I tried out in these, in sneakers. I tried out I in sneakers. Dude, yeah. I still remember, like, we, because Ryan came a little late. Yeah. So we had already tried out. Yeah. Like, we had already had, like, a big thing uh -huh. about it. There was, like, major cuts and yeah. stuff. Yeah, everyone, we were, there was a huge, I remember how many kids, there was a hundred? There was a lot, and so we were yeah. stoked, and we were like, yeah, Everyone made a team, everyone that awesome. made the team was like, fuck, yeah, yeah let's and go. We're, in, we're in the outfield. Hold on, let me... Wait, wait, are you gonna... Are I was you... gonna tell my perspective, like, first time seeing oh, you. Let me go out. through the tryout first. Okay, okay. My tryout was... kind of sneakers you were wearing. <laughs> Yo, definitely Roshi's, bro. <laughs> sneakers you were wearing. Yeah, I came in. Um, Northern California definitely had a different hey, style. <laughs> definitely a different style than Southern California. But I came in, and it was the day of my tryout. Not nervous at all, and this is something, like, I can't even fathom now, like, how, how carefree I was playing the game back then. And I came in, and the coach said, all right, you're just gonna, I was, the varsity team was out there practicing, and, and he's like, all right, you're just gonna jump in the batting practice here, you're gonna hit a few balls, and then I'm gonna hit you some grounders, and mm -hmm. we'll see how you do. And I, I took one round of BP, I hit like a couple line drives, it wasn't even a good round, in my mm -hmm. opinion, and then I, I, I took like one round of ground balls, the coach came, Wooten came up to me, and he goes, Coach Wooten, he came up to me, and he goes, all right, uh, you're on the team. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I know, isn't that insane? Yeah. And like, you wouldn't think that throughout my high school career that like I was that type of player mm -hmm. back then. But um, I made the team. I remember super happy because I was like nervous for some for some reason. I wasn't nervous, but I was like well, I was dude, happy about you're coming to a team. new school. Exactly, it's high school trials. Uh -huh. Like you're you're prepped for this your entire mm -hmm. life. Of like, man, the yeah. goal is to make the high school team. Yeah. I remember it being the biggest mm -hmm. deal. It was a big deal. The biggest. Deal I remember ever. my my coach up up north there wasn't no freshman down in southern california there's a freshman jv varsity up north it was jv varsity my coach told me he's like you stay here you're gonna play varsity your first year and i was like so i was like super like confident like yeah. i was a confident type of player and then i came down and <clears throat> i remember going through it and i remember showing up to the that's so you could tell your part about yeah i remember i just remember have just made, made the team and everybody's like freshman everybody's kind of like insecure everybody's like not knowing what's going on yada mm -hmm. yada yada and then we see this new kid just like come in and like our head coach is like hitting him ground balls. And I just remember a bunch of people like, who is that? Who the <laughs> hell is that kid? Yada, yada, yada. And then like, I feel like people were pissed that he made the team just immediately because yeah, they were yeah. like, wait, we just went through mm -hmm. like two months of tryouts and, mm -hmm. and like hell. And, and this like, is something I want to touch on later because that's a big part of like the peer situation in that respect of how, yeah. how like I had to go through that anxiety wise but you can go oh, 100 especially being at a new place too mm -hmm. and like there's so many different transfers mm -hmm. that go on i'm sure kids struggle yeah, with that I, yeah I, kid the belshi hated me the other the other shortstop the other guy that played shortstop oh, yeah. he did not like me because i came <laughs> in there and i remember we were we were playing and i was i felt like i was the best kid on the team because that's just how i was like growing up you know i didn't i didn't say it i didn't think it but but i thought i was good at baseball and so the first game, we practiced all season, and I won the shortstop spot, but which shouldn't have been a thing because our freshman coach was just a, oh my, just a yo, fucking doozy, oh, man. We have, this, we have stories oh for days God, about that. But we I want to have an entire podcast yeah, about this. Yeah, I know, honestly. We Co can't old go coach Because he definitely played into some of your struggles, too. 100%. 100%. And mine. But this was the type of coach, guys. He was like, he was like this old-fashioned he wasn't right in the head. No, and he was just the freshman coach. He was too. a freshman coach, so they didn't really give a shit. They said, go out there, put nine guys on the field. Yeah. And so he would have us come out onto the field without even stretching. 
This is without like, warming up. Without warming up. This is and we were we were high school athletes throwing a baseball as hard as we could. That's not good for you. Was your frosh off team too? Freshman. Yeah, it was just freshman. It was just freshman. And so, um, the first game of the season came around, and my coach, he treated it like the, it was the MLB. Coach Parks, whatever his name was, treated it like it was an MLB. He came up to me, he goes, you just won the starting shortstop spot. <laughs> and so, I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, no coach has ever said that to me before. Bro, he said that to me about second base, yeah. and in the next game, I didn't start. Exactly. So, he, he was just, it was just weird, and it was something that I took way too seriously as a kid, because I'm young, I'm impressionable, and I think this is the end of the world. And I'm like, I have to play fucking good this game. And I remember, I played horribly. It was the first game at RSM, and pop-ups hit to me. I almost fucking drop it. So I'm like scared about that. I'm pretty sure I made a throwing error and then I struck out my first step at. And so at that point, I'm like, fuck, what is happening? And my coach, he pulls me in like really? the fourth inning. Yeah. And then from that point on, it kind of spiraled. I was like, what the fuck? Am I not good at this game? Like, and I was clearly better than Nick Belshi at shortstop. Yeah. You know, I never had a problem throwing. And then I come here and I'm having all sorts of these things. I'm having like the yips. I can't throw a ball at this point. Like, I don't know when I'm going to play. And that definitely played a huge factor in my development and my psyche, mm -hmm. essentially. And that's at such a young age where you shouldn't have to go through that. Where coaches shouldn't have to put, shouldn't be able to put you through that. Where you, where you doubt yourself and you get all these negative thoughts, and then they tell you to just, they say just flush it, or they would say, yeah, I just mean, get rid of it. We were just reading that article, mm -hmm. and we were kind of, it's, it's. We we're seeing Jose Altuve struggling with the yips mm -hmm. and kind of Ryan mentioned that where you kind of struggle with that for a little bit mm -hmm. in high school but Can like you guys explain the yips for people who don't know what that is because I didn't know what it was when you guys were talking yeah about yeah yeah I'm not probably Ryan would be better so yeah because I had the fucking <laughs> <laughs> you suck <laughs> but uh, the yips basically are um it's it's a big term in baseball I, I'm pretty sure they use it in like other sports too but in baseball the yips are when you know like it's really easy to throw a baseball to like 10 feet or whatever but when you have the yips something that easy becomes impossible because you have sort of this mental block mm -hmm. it's like soccer mm -hmm. like when a lot of soccer players and they get like an easy pass to them, yeah and they, and they have the goals right there and they just eat the ball yeah. they just like eat the free ball throws or something like that mm -hmm, definitely a lot of nba players struggle with free throws too and they can drain three pointers at 40 a clip but yeah. they can't hit a free throw to save their life gotcha. but that's basically what the yips are and so i definitely developed those and I didn't really attribute all this. I knew there was something wrong with my head. I didn't know how to treat it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's huge because coaches aren't equipped mentally or, like, yeah, or they don't have the they're tools. not training. They don't have the tools to help kids that are really impressionable who who probably haven't struggled before, mm -hmm. and they don't know how to get through it. And in baseball, a coach will just say, just flush it, just forget about it. Yeah. But the thing is, in your subconscious, you don't forget that shit. It's like the MLB coach, mm -hmm. right? With the exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he exactly. just says, flush it. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, fucking 14 years old, and I, I don't know how to flush it. It's always... It, I'm not always thinking about you know, that day, but I definitely attribute the root of my psychological sports trauma to moving schools and having to deal with that coach my freshman year. And I think I would have been on a much better path had I had some help in mental training. I probably, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to go through high school, you know, I played, I played well enough because I worked my fucking ass. I worked so hard 
Like you remember, I was at yeah, this, I was yeah, at you were the hard, you were the hardest worker easily, on the and I was one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's not just exaggerating for you guys, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think like hard work can only get you so far, right? And we see people all the time. They're saying, if you work hard enough, you will get this. And in some respects, it's true, but to the extent at which you succeed, you never know because there are some things you can control, and one of those things is your mind. You can't control the results of the game, and I did not understand that as a player. I thought I had to get as good as I could. I needed to work as hard as I can. I need to burn myself out, yeah. and I would get to the game, and I have so much pressure on me. My senior year, I remember, I have so much pressure on me because I wanted to play at that next level. I wanted to perform good. I wanted to hit 10 home runs that year, and it didn't happen. I didn't play how I wanted to play. A, you cool, know? a cool metaphor for that is like, kind of like making money and hard work, just mm -hmm. like playing playing and getting to that next level and hard work. It's like, who makes the most money? A lot of times it's not the people that work the hardest, it's mm -hmm. the people that have the correct mindset and yeah. have the correct tools. It's like work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so you can definitely take that analogy and put it into sports as well, where mm -hmm. everybody, your coaches, they're gonna be telling you, work hard, work hard. If you work hard, you're going to get there. But if you don't have the right mindset, if you don't have the right tools, mm -hmm. then like Ryan said, Ryan did everything right, right? Mm -hmm. He did everything that everyone always told him that was right, but he still ended up having this trauma and these blocks. Mm -hmm. And so what was kind of cool that we were talking about with Jose Altuve is that like he was struggling with the yips in uh, the playoffs, right? He, he didn't have a throwing error the entire regular season. And then in the playoffs, he just went through this downward spiral where I think we all kind of know what it feels like when we're playing sports and like you feel like you're on a losing streak and then nothing's going your way nothing's going your way and then that just kind of becomes a self-fulfilling cycle when it happens more and more and more and it's like you need something to be able to get you and snap you out of that block you need a tool uh, and you need an exercise mm -hmm. to do that with your mind whether that's being able to be good at being mm -hmm. present with meditation whether that's using something like EFT tapping bioenergetics um, you know yeah you definitely need something constant you, need you can something. always go back to and it. like coaches even who is it is it Dusty Baker is he the coach is he yeah, a coach Dusty Baker. He, of in, the Astros right of now. the Astros in the interview he was just like yeah you hate to see it with Altuve you know he just has to dust it off or something like mm -hmm. that and it's a serious problem. It's costing them games. And he just says something along the lines of dust it off. He does, like, they're not giving you the exact. There's probably more going on behind the scenes. That's what I was about to say. There's there like, probably is more going on. But you, do, you definitely expect to get your coach to give a more nuanced response to that <laughs> serious problem than right. just flush it off. I mean, off. being a pro coach, he probably has yeah. stuff that, like, they have, exactly. they have resources. But this is exactly yeah. what we would hear in high, high school. school. Mm -hmm. Even in like, and these guys don't have those type of resources. They don't have the resources mm -hmm. at all. He's put like, they don't have the money for it either. Yeah. yeah. But um, going back to my story, um, sophomore year struggled. Then I finally got to junior year. I, I learned this new. I was like I was, I had a new hitting technique, um, and I went. I played really well. My my junior year going into summer it was like the summer league. I hit my first home run ever. Um, I batted at least, and I feel like I'm not, I'm probably exaggerating here, but like how it felt, it felt like I hit 600 that entire summer and like 60 at bats. Yeah. I, I feel like people have to also consider and understand, like we're not playing in like a, like a small town. Like mm -hmm. we're playing in Southern. This is Orange the County. toughest high school competition in probably the nation. Right, we're playing Southern California. Mm -hmm. All like we have teams around, or we have high schools, so many around us that mm -hmm. the number one pick last year in the draft was a high school two, like 20 minutes away from was, us. No, that was 2017. Royce Lewis? Yeah, Royce. Yeah, he was in our class. 
We played against him. Oh, we did. Yeah, I remember he hit a he hit one off the wall against Justin Ripperger. Oh, okay. You remember that? No, you I probably mean, weren't there for that game. But it was the first pitch of the game that dude just fucking wailed it. It's the likes of teams like you probably heard of these teams, Modern Day, yeah, Jay, Jay Sarah, Sarah, Santa Margarita. Mm-hmm. Like these types of teams are teams that we've and we been played, playing played against them this yeah. summer. And I remember I was just so in the zone, and I, everything was just clicking, clicking, clicking. I was hitting everything, wasn't thinking. And I remember we were in a tournament, and I hit. I hit probably like 11 for 15 and it was insane. And I had never played like that before or I hadn't played like that in a long time, but there's, you go through these spurts mentally mm-hmm. where you get, where you just lose confidence. And so where do you think it started for you? Definitely when I transferred schools, probably until I reached that moment. Like that, like that coach parks, Park. that mm-hmm. freshman year that, thing. That when he pulled me that first game, that's probably where it started for me because I had no struggles with baseball until then. And I get there and I work my ass off to get back to the player I, I knew I could be. Mm-hmm. And I played like the player I could be. And I think that's pretty much what got me into school that year for baseball. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't my senior year because I came back in senior year. Everyone had, you remember, everyone had such high expectations of me. Like that that senior year because of how I played in the summer, everyone thought we were gonna be so good. We had so many yeah. pieces. Like our whole team was so talented. It's so f- yeah, we were so talented. But we like it's so funny how how much of an influence coaching really mm-hmm. has. It's so it's so funny of how like if if because me and Ryan experienced this too. Ryan probably experienced it even more. Where it's like your coach, your head coach, is you know supposed to be giving you all this advice, supposed to be giving you all these tools and whatnot. But then if you're not performing, it's like. It's not even talking. He doesn't to care you. about you. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't treat you like you. a human. He doesn't give you that same respect that he would to the guy that's performing. At exactly. That time. And and they're always and it's always just like, yo, you need it. I'm gonna help you with this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. help you with that. But it's really they're really mm-hmm. not giving you the help. Yeah, I it's, remember. They expect you to do it on your mm-hmm. own. I hit that grand slam. I remember. I had that crazy summer. I after I hit that grand slam, I sh- I shit you not. The next time at our next game or practice at whatever it was, Wooten came up to me and said, how are you feeling today? Yeah. What are you doing today? And I had never heard that from him in my three years before that. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. How some I know a lot of coaches. I've had coaches that are awesome. Like I've had coaches that care about you, but I've also had those type of coaches, and I'm sure that's the same for everyone in every sport. I mean, that they treat you, dude. They treat you with a different level of respect when you're performing. Right, dude. Exactly. I mean, and me and Mitch have talked about this by ourselves too, where it's like we have memories of coaches like from very young age that have kind of like influenced our entire mm-hmm. lives and yeah. like these things that they've said to it us, goes the, beyond the sports. pressure, it, it goes so far beyond sports. That's what we want you guys to realize too. It's like the things that we're talking about, it's not only going to help you in sports, but it's going to help you in your everyday life after sports. Like even your, even like parents listening to this as well, like if you've gone through sports and you've you know gone through some of the traumatic experiences of like the pressure and the coaches and your own parents and stuff, you know, that stuff is running you today because mm-hmm. that's kind of what, what makes you in your subconscious. Our past is really what shapes us. So, yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what my thoughts of it. Like, me and Mitch, I've, I've talked about this before, that, like, I have coaches that I was – I wanted to, like, impress so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. wanted to perform for them. I didn't want to disappoint them. And um, it, like, kind of – it really messed me up in a lot of ways. It's so unfortunate because, like, the favoritism is so strong in high school. Yeah. And I don't know if the coaches don't realize it or whatever, but, like, for me, when I ran track and, like, I was on the varsity for one team when I was a freshman, and, like, the way that he would treat, like, just the 4 by one guys, which is four guys, compared to, like, all the other, like, freshman and sophomore guys was, like, shit. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was crazy. Yeah. And, like, I didn't get that same treatment a couple years later, but – 
And the freshman, I thought I was like on top of the world, like yeah. you. Like when you're getting treated well by a coach, you're like, oh hell yeah! They like, can build you up. Yeah, and they, dude, can they can tear build you up, and then immediately, like a year later, they will break yeah. you down. And like you don't want to yeah. have something so fickle, exactly. like so, you know, right and wrong. Like you want to be able to get to that base where you're true to yourself, you understand yeah. yourself, mm-hmm. you don't need any other I outside think, thing. Mm-hmm. A big part of it is knowing that you have value. As a human being, no matter your performance in sport, yeah, dude, that's yeah. a huge thing. Because whenever I was playing bad, I would just think that I would feel hopeless. I feel yeah. like like shit. Like I wasn't it's, worth dude, anything. Self worth and feeling <clears throat> unworthy is one of the biggest limiting beliefs that mm-hmm. anybody has. Like everybody has these negative limiting beliefs and stuff. And so whether it's stuff that happened in sports that's causing you to have a limiting belief about you know performing mm-hmm. well, even outside. Like, being in high school, being in college, there's so many things going on. Yeah, that'll carry into your sports life, too. 110%. If you have these, if you're going through something that's, like, traumatic with your your family, with your friends, with, like, relationships and and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, that carries within sports if you're not really able to lock in and get in the zone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kind of, I I guess you've kind of gone over a lot of the high school stuff, but... I think I don't want to really get into the college okay. as much. I think I could finish off my high school, but it was more of the same, you know. Um, <clears throat> just a lot of pressure on myself, put a lot of mental blocks my way, and I would never really conquered that, and I never really thought I became the player I wanted to be. But to finish off my high school story, um, my senior year, I batted like 250, which is not great. It's not terrible, but it's not something that you want to be doing when you're trying to go into school, mm-hmm. when you're trying to make a team yeah. at, the coll- at the collegiate level. And I just had a disappointing season in my, in my opinion, and that ki- I kind of carried that over with me into college. And I had a lot of competition. I'd play insanely well in the falls. And when it came season time, it almost felt like my coach forgot about me. And then I, and then I go through that downward spiral again. I have to build myself back up. And I never really thought throughout my entire playing career I had the tools to conquer that mental challenge. And that's something that I want to emphasize because I think I could have been so much better had I just devoted a little bit of my time every day to working on mental discipline and controlling my thoughts and limiting negative beliefs. And that's not something that coaches along the way help me with, ever. Yeah. Ever. And I think that's a huge thing with amateur sports. And that's what limits a lot of players when they're younger. But that's pretty much it for my story. Um, it's not It's not a, got a happy ending like you probably hoped it would have. And he made it into the <laughs> But And actually, his name's not Ryan Foe. It's... Mm-hmm. What's his, what's We're sitting with Jose Altuve. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's a big thing too. Is the death of the death of your sport. And you gotta grieve. Well, that's a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a whole. That's a whole, whole yeah. podcast. That's another, yeah. that's another whole podcast. Process. But it's something yeah. that everyone's gotta deal with, and I think I've come to terms with it. And I think I kind of find solace in the fact that we can help others that might have gone down the same or going mm-hmm. down the same path that I went, yeah. and we can we can we can stop them yeah. from having those negative beliefs. We want to help I you think, guys yeah. before you have a bad. Uh, coach Park type coach. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. and, and if you have one right now, then fuck them. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, the or listen to our that. podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, this is where we, we want to be that, like, kind of source that you can go to where you'd be like, okay, these kids, these guys actually understand what I'm going through right now. You know? Um, but so, yeah. don't, don't think you guys are alone. 
because pro players do it too. I know I'm not alone. Yeah. Because I'm seeing Jose Altuve struggle on the biggest stage in Major League Baseball. We saw, if you guys follow basketball, Danny Green couldn't make a three-point shot, and he's a three-point specialist. Mm-hmm. They're paying this dude $15 million a year. He couldn't hit a three-point shot to save his life. He missed a game-winning shot in the game, in game, and I think it was game five of the, of the finals, and, and people were sending him death threats. Like, it can get worse yeah. is what I'm getting at. And these guys are at the biggest stage. They have all the resources they need to succeed. They probably have gone through some mental discipline, some mental training, and they're still failing. And they're still getting in their own head. And I just want you guys to know that at every single level, this happens. And it's not something that should be frowned upon because it's natural. But it's something that we can fix. And it's something that you can work on. Exactly. And become a better player. Because if you can control your thoughts and you can control your limiting beliefs and and whatnot you can control how you play and that's basically our philosophy here so i like that that's a good way to end it all right that was beautiful okay guys just make sure you um click the links below and and uh have a good one thanks for listening all right later guys later